Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? Well, it's an interesting week here uh, around the world, in the, in America, mm-hmm. and in Ravens fandom. Crap! Sunday was a day. Sunday was a day. Yeah, it, it's been a really interesting uh, week here. As, as several things going on, including the election. Um, specific to the Ravens, we have our star young wide receiver uh, tweeting things out. We have our star corner testing positive for coronavirus and then getting into a fight with uh, a beat reporter on Twitter. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, of course, the Ravens lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 28-24 on Sunday. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, do, would you say good game? It was. I guess it was exciting. I don't know if it was. I, I guess. I mean, it was more. <laughs> it was a close game. I wouldn't yeah, say it was was ever truly exciting. Maybe for Steelers fans, you know, on on the Ravens side, I think it was that oh crap kind of feeling all game, or or yeah. at least the second half certainly. Um. Yeah, it was, look, we're going to have our losses to the Steelers. There have been worse losses to have. There have been worse close games to lose to the Steelers, quite frankly. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. the Ravens were the better team. I mean, they look, they lost, so they weren't the better team. But I think, you know, in no way, shape, or form do I look at that game and say, oh, the Steelers are unbeatable, we're never going to be able to do it. I mean, we spotted them, or should I say Lamar, God love him, but Lamar spotted them probably 14 points, um, and you're not going to beat the Steelers if you spot them 14 points. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. In addition to spotting the 14 points, of course, you're referring to the pick six on the first drive, and then uh, the points off of the uh, interception uh, in the, was that to start the second half? Yeah, um, that first drive so. there in, in the yeah. second half. In addition to that, his first fumble was in the red zone and took at least three points off the board in that way. So that's 17 yeah. points right there. So, I mean, that's what the game com- came down to. And we're, you know, we're sitting here on Thursday, November 5th. And that's not anything new, uh, you know, saying that, you know, the turnovers cost us the game. And I know you guys don't listen to this podcast for us to just repeat what everybody else is saying. But, I mean, that was and ended up being the key uh, was that 17, at least 17 point differential. Um, Because I'll I'll tell you what, the Ravens have lost two games this year. The way that I felt after the loss to the Steelers was much different than how I felt uh, after the loss to the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, it felt very... uh, let's see, very disheartening in a way that, like, I just thought, like, man, this the Chiefs are a lot better than the Ravens uh, at, at, at that they were at that moment. You know, they just kind of have our number. I didn't feel that way against the Steelers because, like you said, I mean, maybe if we play them nine more times, we probably beat them six, seven times. I think, I think right now, like, the Ravens are a better team than the Steelers, and I think that they they dominated quite a bit of the game. Um, But, of course, it's the big plays that ended up being their downfall uh, on Sunday. So very different feelings uh, from the two different losses. Yeah, I mean, there's some interesting, you know, from adversity, you know, you you see how the team responds. You know, you're going to see now whether this team has the makeup we think it is. You know, we have this game against the Steelers where not only do we lose the game, we lose Ronnie Stanley for the year with his ankle injury. We lose Tyree Phillips with his ankle injury. Uh, Judon gets tossed, you know, from the game with it's silly, you know, pushing or really just not really on purpose necessarily. But but that said, putting his hands on the ref. And and getting tossed from the game and, you know, it's just it, stupid things, penalties that happen that you just go, ugh. And even with all that, 
the Ravens very easily could have won the game. So as you said, where you know certainly we we played the Chiefs and there was that feeling of crap. We just got completely outclassed here. Mm-hmm. Playing the Steelers on Sunday. You know, even with all the adversity I just mentioned, there were still even some positives. You know, yeah, J.K. Dobbins burst out awesome. 100 yards yeah. a little bit. You know, uh-huh. so that's great. Um, you know, even with some of the bad plays, Lamar still had his moments of being Lamar. You know, mm-hmm. um, somehow, some way, the offensive line actually seemed to gel a little bit more once Ronnie Stanley was out than it did beforehand. Now, is that more of a, uh, they got DJ Fluker in there and maybe McCary instead of Phillips, and they, they helped the line more so than, you know, everything else. I'm sure that's the case because you're not going to lose Ronnie Stanley and go, okay, good. But that's still a positive because, Tell you what, Orlando Brown Jr. is making himself some money, right? Yes, now. absolutely. I mean, For sure. I really don't. I'm not as concerned right now about Ronnie Stanley. Talk to me in three weeks. I might feel differently. But man, Orlando Brown is a heck of a player. He. I was just gonna say that he was really good um, against some really tough pass rushers. Uh, after flipping over to the left tackle. And, um, you know, if we, we're not going to do our segments today. But if I was going to do an overreaction of the week, I was I would say that somebody's going to end up signing him to be their left tackle. Oh, um, big and he, you know, you know, he's not playing right tackle for too much longer uh, no. in the NFL. Uh, he looked really good. I, I was really, you know, I, I felt comfortable with him over there, um, which is. Yeah, I can't say as much about the right side, uh, unfortunately, um, with um, T.J. Fluker and Patrick McCary, especially in pass coverage. But I was really impressed by how they were able to run the ball on, on that Steelers defense, which, like we've said, is one of the top defenses in the league. Like nobody really does that to them. We put up, you know, 265 yards on the ground, which is a ton. But when Dobbins is averaging seven and a half yards a carry. Edwards is averaging uh, almost five and a half yards a carry. I mean, we are gashing that defense quite, quite often. And specifically, there was a lot of success on first down. And I think that was a major uh, contribution or not a major contribution, but like a a major step forward um, for this offense. Uh, because first down is so important for them to get into a second and medium or a second and short. It kind of opens up everything. And I think that their ability to win first down against a good defense uh, was, was a really, really, um, what word am I it was looking massive. for? It was encouraging. massive for the game. Encouraging. I mean, yeah. 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 It was massive. So, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's perfect. Those runs up the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. as, as much as we're praising J.K. Dobbins right now, Gus the bus had 16 carries for 87 yards. So, I mean, he still performed even with J.K. Dobbins getting the bulk of the snaps and 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 also having such a good game. So um, it's it's good to see that maturing some. We're obviously going to have to get back to that. And, you know, that's how the Ravens are going to have to win. And we'll get to, I'm sure... Hollywood in a little bit, but you know, as much as I want to involve the wide receivers and get Hollywood the ball, get Duvernay the ball, get Andrews the ball, it all has to start with the running game. And, you know, that means feeding Gus up the middle right now, feeding that hot hand, and hopefully J.K. Dobbins can continue to get hot. And, you know, we just feed those guys and let the offense, you know, go from there. Because, you know, Lamar's gonna just instinctively have his runs, so you get those that dynamic trio of guys going with maybe Mark Ingram stepping in down the road. But at this point, you know, let's get those three guys hot in the running game, and I think a lot of the the rest of the offense will come together after that. 
Yeah, absolutely. The other thing where you were saying, you know, this offensive line shuffling had some had some positives is um, getting DJ Fluker onto the field um, because Mm -hmm. he might I think he might be the best straight up run blocker on, on the offensive line. And he just like wasn't on the field because he was, you know, our our backup swing tackle. Now that he's on the field. You know, the dynamic there might change a little bit because of his proficiency as a run blocker and and being on that right side and helping out McCarry. And now you get to pull and things like that with with um, Orlando Brown Jr. going over to the right side, uh, which he wasn't really asked much to do going the other way around. So now you have, um, you know, quite a bit that you can do, especially if you if you switch boil over onto that side. You know, Fluker, I think he changes the run game quite a bit. And and those really successful running drives that we had were once Fluker got onto the field. So it just maybe that dynamic changes is all I'm saying. Like, of course, losing Ronnie Stanley is a devastating blow. But uh, there could be, like you said, some positives that come out of getting a a slightly different personnel group uh, onto the field. in the passing game, I had a concern about Lamar Jackson, uh, particularly with the first interception. And it's something that I talked about in the Bengals game. He, he threw essentially like the same interception. It was, it was linebackers underneath coverage uh, in zone. And somebody kind of just stepped into a passing lane and took, you know, took it back. That happened three times against the Bengals, um, and only one of them was intercepted, luckily. It happens again this game. And one of the things that we've always praised Lamar for is his ability to improve even like play-to-play and drive-to-drive and game-to-game. But now this is the fourth time that same mistake has happened in three games. Uh, Is that a concern, or is it just, uh, you know, they disguised it well this time around and— and and Spillane made a nice play on the ball. I I, I mean, I you know, I, I you have to give the Steelers some credit because you know they're a, they're a good defense. They're gonna, but at the same time, they're gonna exploit something that they see. You know, and and mm-hmm. that, as you said, is becoming more of a trend. Um, I we're just gonna have to see. I, I mean, you know, Lamar is continuing to develop as a passer. Um. I still think we don't do enough as an offense to create open receivers for our quarterback. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but you know, I feel like one of the one of the things in each of his previous stops, you know, at some point people get very frustrated with Greg Roman's passing game. Um, And my concern is we will get to a point quickly where wide receivers are frustrated. All we do is run the ball because we've got Lamar and we've got some good running backs and blah, blah, blah. and, And we never seem to progress. So that's where I get a little concerned with our offense um, because I'd like to see, okay, we can say Lamar needs to get better, but I think we also need to get better as an offense in creating those matchups, using DuVernay, using Hollywood in ways that get them open and and allow Lamar to make some easier throws. Um, Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I think there's like also just another step of, of recognition that needs to come uh, as well on that on the on the drive near the end of the game in which the Ravens had a chance to score uh, down in the red zone. Not not the final drive, but the second to last drive. Uh, there was a situation in which uh, Marquise Brown was over on the boundary and the corner was playing way off. And, you know, we we drop back to pass and there is uh, like contact with Lamar and you know, like the throw is errant and it falls incomplete. 
Whereas, you know, the, the coverage was so far off that it seemed like didn't even have to really run a play, just throw it out to Marquise Brown and let him do what he does. You know, that kind of, I don't even know what to call it, like making a making a read, I guess. I like I don't, I don't know what to call that, but like yeah. this pre-snap deciding like, oh, the coverage is 20 yards off. I'm just going to throw it to my guy and let him get the first down and step out of bounds rather than, yeah. you know, strictly sticking to the play that's called. Um, so I, I would like to see that. I think at the end of the game, uh, Tony Romo made a really good point uh, on the last play in which um, – the Steelers DBs are, are sitting 30 yards back and can see everything in front of them and uh, can, you know, just go and make a play on the ball. And, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about what Harbaugh said about the, the contact with Snead's head and everything like that. But the thing is that the throw was essentially telegraphed. You know, the, it was yeah. the right throw uh, in, in most situations uh, because that defense that they were playing, like the, the seam is the weak spot. But like Romo said, like, all of those defenders can see exactly what's happening right in front of them. He he suggested that there needs to be, like, break the play on purpose, start scrambling around, so hope the defense gets a little discombobulated. And, um, Get you know, I, I thought that, yeah. you know, I think that would have been a, a more effective way to run that last play, especially when you're so far away from the goal line. Yeah. You know, just things like that, I guess. Or, or, or let's face it, that completely – ridiculous fourth down rush yeah by Lamar I mean and I, I and I, I I haven't seen that was the didn't... play call man that was my that other was thing. the I play call a, okay that was a horrendous I mean, that's what I'm getting at like where's mm-hmm. our where's the imagination there mm-hmm. I mean come on everyone knew that's what you're just gonna run it with Lamar that's all you're gonna do here yeah especially and... with the empty set I mean, at least bring somebody into the backfield, make them think a little come bit. Come on. You've got they J.K. Dobbins three guys. plays. I mean, come on. Right. They had three guys in the middle of the field just waiting for Lamar. They had, um, who's that, Bugs, like a defensive lineman Dude, in a spy position. A beast, by the way. He's good. Yeah, he was that good. Guy I thought Spillane was really good, too. Beast. I thought Spillane I mean, was really I, I good, was too. My biggest takeaway, actually, of their defense was how good that guy Bugs is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Alabama guy, I think. Man. Yeah. They, I mean, they have, some, they have some players. I mean, it's going to be a good defense for a long time. Yeah. But, again, you know, kind of just like the offense, like you said, a little bit of imagination, a little bit of, you know, pre-snap recognition. I did see, actually, I was, I was happy to see – Lamar making some checks at the line early in the game. Uh, you know, that was kind of a, a progression uh, in my mind because you don't really see him do that much uh, as of now. But he did do that a couple times. He either confirmed the play that they were going to run based on his read or he checked it. I, I'm not exactly sure, but at least he was, you know, communicating uh, in a uh, extracurricular way, I guess, uh, than, than his normal uh, getting up to the line and getting the play called. But, yeah, just a little bit of more recognition, a little bit more understanding from, you know, not just Lamar, but also Greg Roman and the coaching staff would be nice is on what I'm suggesting. And and we might also be seeing, again, some of the loss of Marshall Yanda. How often did Marshall Yanda turn around and say something to Lamar? Hey, Mm -hmm. they're doing this run behind me or, or or whatever the case may be that that awesome hall of fame veteran right guard has the wisdom to diagnose to pass along that you know let's face it our young offense doesn't have that player right now mm-hmm. it just doesn't right so yeah i mean I, we kind of touched on the thing with uh with Marquise Hollywood Brown, you know, uh, I thought DuVernay made a really nice play over the middle on, on a huge third down. Um, Miles Boykin, I thought, was was hot early and then just never got the ball again. Lamar made a really nice throw on the touchdown uh, yeah. to Boykin. I thought that was maybe one of his better throws of the season. Um, and then a, a 
several nice throws to Willie Sneed, who, who got very involved uh, and, and showed some good run-after-the-catch ability. So, I mean, it, it's not as, like, gloom and doom as we're making it seem on the as or at least I'm making it seem on the offense there are some good things going on and you know it starts with being good on first down and and in the passing game getting other people involved but now it's gone it's gotten so uh far in that direction that your best receiver isn't getting the ball so I mean yeah yeah you know that that's probably has to do with some coverage from the defenses uh that they're forcing but it's um you know what? There are other offenses that figure out a way to get their guys open. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I mean, it's not freaking rocket science. It probably is the you and me if we were to sit there and try to diagnose the playbook. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the reality is other teams do it. Why can't we? And look, I'm, I don't want to sound like I like hate Greg Roman right now. I, I don't in any way, shape, or form. He's, he's pretty darn good at his job. But the reality is we need to improve that passing game. And there are seemingly some areas in, in our scheme that probably could use some improvement. Yes. You know, agreed. I mean, if we don't have, if we don't have that third tight end anymore, you know, I, I, as I, as I said, before we started recording TK, I misjudged that. I misjudged the importance of the, not the third tight end, but the second tight end that is a number one tight end. Yeah. You know, because Boyle does not provide that. Boyle does not provide what Hurst provided, and Patrick Ricard does not provide what Boyle provided as a third tight end. Bottom line. And that is a cascading effect on the offense that has become debilitating for the passing game. I, I mean, I, I at this point, I think, you know, and, and not only has it impacted the passing game, it, you know, it's impacting the running game because we don't have the, that third tight end for those blocking situations. You know, we don't, because there were times we had three tight ends and Ricard. Think about that. Yeah, you know, um, and because of all the confusion about the running game, that helped the passing game, and now people just are gunning. And one of the other reasons why we probably have so many sacks, or have given up so many sacks. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Maybe you want to flip it over to the defense and talk about them, sure. and, you know, and then we got several other things to talk about as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The defense, I, I think I, you know, the defense played well enough to win and they did, you know, it's a tough offense to defend because they get the ball out so fast. And, you know, I thought the, the run defense was really, really good against James Conner and a pretty, pretty good offensive line from the Steelers. Uh, the run defense was really good. I thought Patrick queen on the, on the Steelers last, uh, possession in which the Ravens were able to force a punt and have a chance at the end of the game. Patrick Queen made a really nice play on third and short. Uh, oh, came up and yeah. shot the gap and and popped James Conner uh, in the backfield. So he he, he, con- he continues to, to impress. Yeah, he's starting to make that sort of a signature thing. You know, yeah. on short yardage plays. You know, Patrick Queen just making a making a mess of things for the offense, which is fantastic. You know, you, you made a great point. I mean, the, the defense really did play well enough to win. I mean, and again, Lamar spotted the Steelers 14 points. So, yeah. so the defense, let's face know. it, especially the, the pick six, just like forget about the, 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 other, the other turnover, you know, or the other turnovers really with the fumble. But mm-hmm. you take that pick six out of the equation and the Ravens won the game. You know, so you can't really look at the defense and be all that upset. I mean, they really, <clears throat> excuse me, they really did play well. And uh, you know what? I, I have to give you credit to credit where credit is due. 
You've been on the Deshaun Elliott hype train since he got drafted. Yes, man. He's good. He he really I, I'm a believer. That man can play some football. He is constantly he constantly shows up every week, you know, in some way, shape, or form. And you know who else is doing that right now? Our boy Jalen Ferguson. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He's been he's been really, really good. Uh, ever since those first two weeks we were getting on his case, he's been really good since then. And I really do think that he's developed into like a, like a real, real starting caliber off, uh, outside linebacker. Um, he's been really good. He's been in the backfield. He's getting pressure on the quarterback. He's setting the edge and, and playing the rush well and um, you know, making his presence felt. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, he is fast and strong, man. He was getting in the backfield yeah. real quick on a lot of yeah, plays. Yeah, he was. You know, ended up only making, let's see, one tackle. Uh, but, man, he seemed to be around uh, a lot. And, and he, Judon, um, McPhee, and uh, Bowser even. I, I'm, I've been really impressed by Bowser all season. And, of course, yeah, Jalen Ferguson. Yeah, really good. And they're gonna they're gonna really keep causing issues, and that's a lot of depth at at pass rusher, and and that's not even including Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna be a real strength, especially as the Ravens continue to thin out at corner and defensive back. They're gonna need it. They're gonna, they're gonna need pass rush. They need that front lot. seven to absolutely start dominating teams. Bottom yep. line, it needs to happen. And it do. needs to happen Sunday against the Colts. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, let, I mean, let's let's see here. I've been really impressed with Tyus Bowser. Is he the guy that you extend rather than Budon? Yes. If if the choice is between uh, you know, the two, I do because I don't think Bowser is as expensive. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, and he has shown a lot this year for me both just as a steady presence tackling players to the pass rushing um, skill that he's shown that's been very impressive. And I'll tell you what, he doesn't drop back into coverage all that much uh, from from what I see, but when he does, he's fairly proficient. Um, he had a he really was nice with pass. Houston. I remember that okay. being something I was excited about not that he was like Mr. Coverage guy at Houston necessarily, but that was definitely a skill he was lauded for as, as far as like his athleticism and, you know, all of that kind of thing. So, you know, at one point I was hoping he might even turn into one, our middle linebacker. Um, so I, I, I'm not surprised he's smooth back there. I don't know that you want, you know, I, I don't know if you want him covering tight ends all the time or anything like that, but um, you know, I don't think he's, I, I think he is fairly athletic, I guess is what I'm getting. Yeah. At. I, I, I was really impressed by the way that he defended, like he had a really nice pass defense or pass deflected, uh, in the game. And, you know, the way that he kind of sat and he reached around, he didn't pass interfere. I mean, I thought, I, I mean, I was, I was really impressed. I, and I, I was a little surprised, but maybe I shouldn't be based on, based on what you just said. I mean, let's face it. He continues to pop though on tape yeah. every game. Yeah. Every game yeah, there, there are moments where you're like, Hey, Tyus Bowser and on the play or, you know, what have you. And he's, you know, just like we talked about with Ferguson. I mean, Bowser is, Bowser is popping and, and, you know, just at the right time. For yeah, him, for him, you know. he's earning he's earning himself quite yeah. quite a paycheck now. Um, let's see uh, elsewhere on the defense. Uh, maybe this is looking ahead a little bit. You know, of course, everybody knows Marlon Humphrey tested positive for coronavirus, uh, so he will not be available for the uh, game against the Colts on Sunday, which is obviously a tough hit. Um, you know, there were several other players that were in close contact, but we just saw today that. Uh, Matt Judon was taken off of the reserve uh, COVID-19 list, which is a good sign. And hopefully the others can come back uh, off that list tomorrow as well. Otherwise, the defense is going to be uh, pretty thin. Uh, yeah. On you Sunday. know what I found interesting? I guess Humphrey hangs out with a lot of the linebackers. 
He, he plays yeah, like a linebacker. He, yeah, he does. I mean, but it makes yeah. me he hangs out with Judon and Malik Harrison and Patrick Queen. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, man. really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, those are the guys on that list. Uh, and then throw in Terrell Bonds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Into that list. Uh, so that was just because he was going, man, it's okay. It, it sucks. Shitty games happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it seemed as though uh, on, on this, when the Steelers' offense really got going was after a Bonds. Uh, penalty, and then... Uh, Which I thought was pretty ticky-tack. Yeah. I thought that was crap. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's going to happen seem- against the Steelers when, when you're the fifth corner, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that's and they seem to pick on him a little bit. So, I yeah, mean, they did. Don't, be, don't be surprised uh, if that happens again. Uh, in Indianapolis, especially with the way that the the Colts are really similar passing the ball in which they get the ball out really fast, um, you know, slightly slower than the Steelers. But uh, Philip Rivers gets the ball out real quick. It's those quick hitting routes uh, that are really annoying. And, you know, it's, you know, just slowly get the ball down the field. And um, don't yeah, don't be surprised if, if they find uh, where Terrell Bonds is on the field and try to go after him. but. Uh, it's going to be tough without Marlon Humphrey. You know, that means just more snaps for Jimmy Smith. And we know that he has an Achilles thing that he's dealing with, but you know, has full, has been a full participant in practice this week. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you had anything else to add on defense, but I kind of just uh, <laughs> flowed into, uh, into the next week's game there. Uh was there anything else you wanted to add? Or no, not about? really. I mean, I think we've we've covered a bit of the defense throughout. So, I mean, I I think uh, we'll just have to cross our fingers that some of these other guys, just like Judon, get cleared to practice tomorrow, and uh, we can see them on Sunday. Yes, yeah, for sure. And you know, maybe the, we can kind of combine topics here. Uh, the trade deadline passed pretty quietly uh, on Tuesday. Um, you know, Eric DeCosta said, you know, we're not done adding to the roster and, and things like that, but didn't really see anything else uh, of a note happen for the Ravens. And, uh, you know, that comes under the magnifying glass a little bit more when you have the offensive line injuries, you have these, you have a very thin secondary, you know, maybe let's talk about what didn't happen. Um on, on yeah, I mean, I the think ball. the first thing we have to state right away is obviously this isn't the baseball trading deadline. There's a salary mm-hmm. cap. There are draft picks you have to worry about. There's And, and we also have a, a team that, that covets their draft picks. So as much as we've seen, you know, Eric DaCosta wheel and deal, he's also not going to make a deal that he's going to regret almost right after pulling the trigger. So um, I think... You know, we've obviously got to trust his decision making. It's a little disappointing under that magnifying glass of having lost Ronnie Stanley and and all you know all of that sense of urgency that occurs from that. I mean, we were even talking about potentially adding an offensive lineman before you know Ronnie Stanley goes down. I think I feel a little bit better. You know, as I think about the Orlando Brown situation, although it also worries me because he's going to go free agent in two years. But, you know, Mm -hmm. you go you go through all of that. You know, I think it would have been, again, a nice little boost as a fan to have something done. But certainly I wouldn't have wanted to see us, you know, trade and trade everything for Stefan Gilmore and then be in cap jail and draft jail <laughs> next to right. you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But, you know, when you see the Titans pick up a player of Desmond King's uh, level uh, from the Chargers and all they gave up with was a sixth rounder, you know, you kind of think, like, yeah. huh, maybe there was a deal to be made there, especially at, at corner where we're especially thin right now. Um, so, you know, maybe a little bit of disappointment there. You know, I did say that last week that was my main area of concern. Um, but like you said, they're not going to do totally anything jinxed. that they're not coming. We totally jinxed this, by the way. I Let's know. just call that right now. We totally yeah. jinxed it. Not only did we talk about Ronnie Stanley like crazy, um, we we talked about COVID specifically. 
And the DB. And, and you know what I did? I ended up eating for Manny Bros. So. Oh, my God. You know, I'll, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll take this one. Yeah, this yeah. one's on me. Yeah. Sorry, well, guys. It happened. It happened. Yeah. It happened to the best of us. But at least we've got the Mandalorian back. We can say that about last weekend. You know, that and was cool. Spoiler alert, Boba Fett is back. Can we say that? Oh my God, he did not get eaten by the Sarlacc. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I, I, I thought it was a pretty cool episode. I, I enjoyed it. I'm excited yeah, for it Friday. It was good. It was yep. good. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, going to be good. I'm debating about staying up till 3 a.m. until it's released. Not really, but you know, anyway. Oh, is that when they do it? Okay, I thought it was. Yeah, that's apparently when they drop it. It's like sometime around 3 a.m. Okay, so midnight on the West Coast. Yeah, midnight West Coast. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I like the show, but I don't like it that much. Yeah. Um, Getting back to the Colts, and and I guess getting back to what didn't happen, and and feeding it into the Colts game, um, one thing... Colts defense pretty strong. Uh, not only in like the counting stats, you know, they're second in terms of yards allowed, uh, but also their defensive efficiency. They're a little bit more efficient. And so, if you want to talk into analytics and some of these advanced stats, uh, their DVOA is puts them at third in the league, which is actually ahead of the Ravens, um, you know, just behind the Bucks and behind the Steelers. So, another good defense. Uh, their star guy is Darius Leonard, the middle linebacker. So uh, expect him to be also very DeFarge active. Also, Buckner, their big yes. uh, off-season uh, acquisition from acquisition. the Niners. A player yep. that I really actually, before we got Calais Campbell, I was like, God, I'd love to figure out a way for the Ravens to get DeForest Buckner. I mean, he's that mm-hmm. kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. They, I mean, they have some really good players on that side of the ball. Justin Houston has been a successful pass rusher for a long time in the league. Um, and some some all-time names uh, on this team. We were going through them. Uh, one of their safeties, Rock Yassin, was a recent draft pick. Um, let's see. Rodrigo Blankenship is one that you, that you pointed out. Uh, the other Their one punter, Rigo Berto Sanchez. Yeah, that's all time. Yeah, that is all time. Um, and actually, a player that really should be in Baltimore, uh, one of their backup tackles, LaRaven Clark. Yeah, what a shame that is. Yeah. We should we should have just traded for him. It doesn't matter what the really? price was. Seriously. Well, yeah. There's always well, next year. What are you going to do? We'll grab him sometime. Um, but yeah, this is a good team. You know, they they also they are. sit They're at five, five and two. two. They yeah. they are first in the AFC South. Um, they have a, a little bit of stability at quarterback with with Philip Rivers this year. He started out slow, but I think he's uh, put together some some nice games recently at running back. They have the rookie Jonathan Taylor and uh, the electric Naheem Hines. You know, he's got the speed. He's got the jukes. Everything like that. Where they have some issues is at wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton has been held out of practice. Marcus Johnson, uh, their number three guy, uh, has been – number four guy, I'm sorry, has been held out of practice. But they do have a guy that we wanted in Baltimore in the draft, which is Michael Pittman from USC. Mm-hmm. Big body, uh, very talented guy. And, of course, they have one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the game. Uh, with, led by uh, Anthony Costanzo and Quentin Nelson. They got some talent on the offensive side of the ball, and especially if the defense is thinned out a little bit, uh, could cause some issues. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a game that earlier in the season I thought was going to be an easy Ravens win. I no longer feel that way. I'm, I'm unfortunately feeling like, especially with our depth issues, likely to be uh, created for Sunday this week. Uh, I, I have some major question marks as to how well the Ravens are going to be able to uh, take care of business. You know what? I am anticipating a big Lamar game. He's going to be on the turf, uh, indoors, no no crazy issues to deal with. Uh, he's going to bounce back. 
from from a from a tough game. Um, I think Wink is going to have those guys fired up on defense, uh, just because we know that they're thinned out. I think everybody's going to step up their game a little bit. Um, and probably anticipating a Marcus Peters interception. You know, he caused another fumble or caused another turnover last week. I think he's going to come down with an interception. Um, definitely not anticipating like a, a dominant performance, but I do think even with their backs against the wall, even with, you know, a lot of people kind of down on the Ravens, um, I think this team figures out a way to go into Indianapolis where they have really not played well as a franchise. Um, I think they're going to figure out a way to win this one. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so let's go ahead and, and do our predictions. So, I mean, obviously, you, you, you're you saying we're going to figure out a way to win. What's your uh, what's your score? My score? Uh, let's see. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Uh, but I do think that some of the injuries on the offensive side of the ball for the Colts um, hurts them. Let's see. Maybe... Uh, man, I'm having a tough time coming up with a score here, but I will tell you a formula while, while I delay. Okay. We're well, gonna I'll, go, I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll tell you what I think while, while okay. you're coming up with the yeah, score. Yeah, go for it. So I tend to agree with you. I think our defense is certainly going to be fired up. It's going to be a defense and running game kind of game. Um, I think you are going to, we are going to see some, you know, trick play wide receiver screens to Hollywood as sort of a, you know, we want to try to get him the ball kind of thing. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I, I think you're going to see us run the heck out of the ball between J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and, and of course, Lamar. Um, I, I still think, you know, I, I agree with you. I think the defense is going to come out fired up. I just worry about that. DB depth, and I think if we truly are going to have, you know, we're not going to have Humphreys for sure. Um, if anything else happens to our DBs, we're screwed. And I just have a bad feeling Philip Rivers is going to take advantage of that. We've got a, a veteran quarterback who has a good offensive line and could potentially take advantage of some spotty cornerback play. So I don't think it bodes well for the Ravens. My my score, I'm gonna say twenty seven to twenty two Colts. Okay. Uh yeah, I, I think it's gonna be like a, a weird score kind of game. There's gonna be some field goals. They have a good kicker. We mentioned him, Rodrigo Blankenship, the rookie out of Georgia. Um maybe give me like thirty to twenty seven Ravens win. Um I think it's going to be. I expected you to say. You know what? Yeah, you're right. It's it's not going to be that much. Maybe like twenty four to twenty. Uh, okay. Th- yeah, just subtract a uh, touchdown from each team. Um, yeah, twenty four twenty. I think the defenses are both going to come to play. The Colts' defense is, you know, maybe underrated uh, as far as national attention goes. Um, but I think Lamar's really going to come out and, and play a really good game, especially after struggling against the Steelers. Um, yeah, I uh, I do expect that. I um, expect the turnover from Marcus Peters. That's going to end up being really big. So uh, that's that's where I'm at uh, for this prediction. Let's see. Anything else to add? So you, you see another loss coming. And let me I, – I do want to take a look at the – schedule going forward so if you see us going to five and three if that is more losses than you predicted for us at the beginning of the year yeah and for the rest of the month we have a pretty interesting schedule so we go to indianapolis on sunday then we go to new england and going to new england means a little bit different than what it did in the past uh, i think we beat our yeah beat the patriots it's sunday night football yeah. Tomorrow come to play. I think we I think we play and beat New England. I have question marks though, certainly about Tennessee and Pittsburgh the following two weeks. You um, know, Tennessee just weirdly lost to Cincinnati though. But I think yeah. Cincinnati, like Cincinnati's a little spicy. Yeah, yeah I think that's maybe more come up and get people. than it is Tennessee. I'll be honest yep. with you. I think yep. I think that's more worrisome on that end for us than it really should be the Tennessee side making us feel any better. 
Um, you know, certainly it'll be the big test for whether we can handle Derrick Henry or not. Um, mm-hmm. And let's face it, whether we can handle Ryan Tannehill, because he, he also <laughs> yeah. burned us. Yeah. Um, as much as we heard about Lamar before we played them, Ryan Tannehill outplayed Lamar by a good bit in that game. So, um, you know, that'll be another player we've got to certainly got to worry about. You know, I, I obviously see us handling Dallas. I see us handling Jacksonville and the Giants okay. You know, Mm -hmm. certainly Cleveland and Cincinnati, as we just said, they're not necessarily gimme games. They're not pushovers. No, they're not. So, okay, so next five games. So that gives us, I give us one, two, three, four, four wins out of our next handful of, out of the rest of our game. So I still have this at worst. Nine and seven. Nine and seven. Okay, so in these these next five games I think are are tougher than the subsequent five. Yeah. Um, the way that I see it. No, what am I counting wrong here? Next four, I'm sorry, are are a little bit tougher than the last five. If we can get out of these next four games at, at two and two, I think we're in pretty decent shape. Because like you said, we beat Dallas, we beat Jacksonville, we beat the Giants. All right, so then that gets us to ten wins. Yeah, I'd be happy with two and two over the you next know? four. I, 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 I would agree with you there. Right. So then 10 wins. Keep in mind, there's seven playoff spots this year. I yeah. think 10 wins at least gets you into seven. And let's face it, at this point, we're a wild card. I yeah. mean, the Steelers, the Steelers are 7-0. Sure. and oh, uh, They have the they're, – they're a full game. We're more than a full game up at this point. Um, I guess it's a full two games. So, I don't know how all that works. I get confused. But anyway, um, I guess it is just two games at this point. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll try to not make myself sound stupider. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I think, uh, and I don't even know where I was going there. So, we're just going to call me stupid, and I'll hand it off to you. Go for it, TK. So the Steelers have a slightly different but also kind of challenging schedule left. Uh, they play the Bengals again. They play the Ravens again. They play the Bills. They play the Colts. And then they go at the Browns. Um, and the games that I'm leaving out of that uh, are the Cowboys, Jaguars, and uh, Washington football team. So they have some opportunities for some losses as well. I think the Ravens kind of showed – some chinks in the armor. I think in the second half, the Titans, uh, in the second half of their game with the Titans, they showed some some chinks in the armor as well. Um, the Steelers are not going to go sixteen and zero. No, uh, you know there's there's an opportunity there for the Ravens to catch them, um, maybe, and then it'll come down to maybe it'll come down to some tiebreakers or something like that. But overall, uh, this loss maybe is like, you know. I, I had a couple thoughts. This team is still five and two. That's not bad. You know, this is still a playoff team, and like we saw in 2012, never know what's going to happen when you get to the playoffs. Sure, sure. You know, you know, I I don't think many people thought that that was a playoff uh, or that was a Super Bowl winning team uh, going into the season or Definitely maybe even not. halfway through. And you know, maybe I didn't think people are true. having the same a Super Bowl now. winning team going into December. Right. So you know. Things can change real quick, and sometimes, uh, like we said, maybe it's like juggling the offensive line a little bit is is what happened in 2012 when we added uh, McKinney over to the left tackle spot and then swung over over to the right tackle spot. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, um, that was major. That was yeah. Massive. But now we're going. We're now we're now we're going back the other way. We're, we're yeah. sending Orlando Brown Jr. over to the left, and now we're inserting Bringing DJ Kluger. Lovely Fluker can be our Mount McKinney. That would be awesome. I mean, very similar in stature. Um, But, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So there's plenty of – there are enough encouraging signs is what I'll say. Yeah. To uh, not get too down on this team just for losing to a team that's 7-0. Yeah. There are ways to certainly 
have this team rise up and continue to be a Super Bowl contender. There are things they're going to have to improve upon and do differently, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, that is for sure. Yeah. And guess what? There's still nine games left. That's a lot of football. A lot of things. A lot of season left. A lot of season left. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, it sucks to lose to the Steelers, and it always sucks to, like, beat yourself. But the sentiment I'm getting from a lot of Ravens fans is uh, gloom and doom. Uh, the season's over. We can't beat anybody good. Uh, we beat. We did beat a good team, and it was ourselves this week. Um, yes. I think that uh, the we showed every um, capability of beating the Steelers. You know, we were within one score of the Chiefs, even though that felt quite a bit different than one score. Um, there's, I mean, and anytime you throw Lamar Jackson onto the field, he's going to give you a chance. So I, I, you know, probably started off pretty negative on the offense in this in this episode, but uh, the pieces are there, and we just got to figure out, continue to figure out in, in these last several games how they all fit together. So um, I think I think it's going to start with a win in Indianapolis. I like it. I like it. Well, look, just like last year when at this time we were questioning the defense and, oh, my God, we're going to be awful and everything else. And we ended up being 14 and two, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's at the point of the season where you've got to start doing some self scouting. You've got to start, um, you know, rescheming. scheming um, You've got to start figuring out what what needs to be tweaked and this is you know last year we saw uh wink martindale do that to the extreme and it got us to the point where we were 14 and 2 now it's greg roman's turn to show that he can do the same with our offense yeah for sure fire me up holly let's go you want to sign us off well you know i i it's been a crazy week here in the United States, for all you 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 uh, uh, pod fans that are listening from from out of the state, you know uh, it's it's uh, it's been a crazy week here. I'm sure, everybody here that lives in the states knows that. And we we do have a lot of international listeners, don't we? We do, yeah, a lot. Thank you, guys. I mean, shoot, we love you all. Thank you. Um, it's been a tough week, as I said earlier, for Ravens fans. We just gotta. Keep our heads up, both as a nation and Ravens fans. And if we believe, and if we have hope, we might prevail. Anyway, with that, let's just say go Ravens.